Let's go ahead and get a testing, testing. <clears throat> Are you ready, kids? <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. Aye, Captain. Hey, you guys. <clears throat> hey, you guys. That's how we should start every podcast. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, about? <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Welcome back to your least favorite waterfall podcast, Locked On Sound. It's my least favorite waterfall podcast, too. It's okay. It's a pretty bad co-host on here with me as well. Oh, wow. That's 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 rude. Well, we're jumping right in today after spending too much time with each other this weekend, I'm about if you to can't jump tell. into the ring. I'm about to jump <laughs> in the middle of this damn whole freaking scenario. Locked On Sound's new shop and fight club. No, we don't talk about fight club. That's the first rule. That's true. My bad. We won't publish this. <laughs> Anyways, let's get right to it today. We are coming off of our long festival weekend over in Saginaw Bay. So first opinions, go. Uh, long is a good term for it. It was a good weekend, but it was a long weekend. It was. Coming, you come, you know, off your work week, we get there, the humidity was absolutely atrocious. I think you're skipping over the, the pre-show that we had to go through on Friday night as well. Oh, well. I mean, we <clears> show up at the shop, we both late. of us have broken trucks. We're late to the shop. We have to get everything together still because you know us. We're last minute kind of people. And we have to rent a U-Haul. <laughs> a U-Haul pickup truck. To drive the the trailer up to Saginaw because neither of us have a vehicle to get it there. Mike and uh, Mike's girlfriend comes down with uh, Mike's wife. I don't know. One yeah. or the other. Yeah. Comes down with a family member of Mike's. COVID. So he can't make it, so, and that happens all within a 24-hour span. It was a shit show, to say the least, for Friday. I called Hunter at about, I don't know, 10.30, 11 o'clock at night on Thursday night. and was like, hey, Mike can't come anymore, so how are we getting there? Because my truck's broke, yours ain't doing so hot, what are we doing? And from there on, it was a shit show. Yeah, so we get to the shop, we have to put everything together, it's, I don't know, what we need, about 11, midnight? Yeah, about then. And we got up at 3 o'clock to go to show? Yeah, so we were running off about 3 hours of sleep to make the 3 hour drive all the way to Saginaw from southern Michigan. Yeah, so we drive up to Saginaw, we get set up. We get to the gas station on our way up, and forget ice for our cooler. Oh, well. Yeah. So we, we we're off to a right foot. It's not like that cooler would have kept ice anyways. No, but, you know, having <laughs> some real cold drinks would have helped. We had uh, we had shaken up pop that had <laughs> lost all sorts of carbonation. It was, you, you'd grab the can out of the cooler after bouncing around in the truck ride the whole, day, whole way there. And the can itself was about ready to pop open. So drinks uh, weren't the best. We're no. setting up. Everything's set up pretty well, though. I mean, the setup was really easy. We got there. We got on our yeah, spot. we got the canopy set up. We got our spot. Um, got everything out. It wasn't that bad, actually. No, our, our overall display and table and canopy looked pretty good. And we're looking around the show and realize that we are right in the middle of all the call makers here at the show. Um, to say it was intimidating would probably not even put it in perspective. I mean, you're dealing with companies like Pacific Calls, Last Flight Calls. Echo. Echo. GK, GK Calls. Calls. Grooming Customs. 
these these companies are you know they, nationwide companies that nationwide are companies they they look the part yeah. they play the part their their canopies alone some of them are worth more than our entire display yeah so you know it's a little intimidating when you show up like that but we knew where we stood with certain calls and with certain brands based on pricing and just pure sincerity. Yeah, I mean, we were looking around and our first impressions were, okay, so we're definitely the smallest call company here. But I think we had the most calls there. I think we did. I think we came with the most variety of calls. Oh, definitely the most variety. And price point, I think the cheapest call there other than ours was 120 bucks. I think that's the cheapest I saw. Last flight had a, for a sale going on for just the Waterfall Festival. It was $120. They knocked yep. off 100, from 140 to 120 That is our peak call. $120 is our peak. Our, our cheapest was $39.99, not including our discount pile. So, I mean, we had calls go for way cheaper than that, and that definitely helped us out. I was going to say, the, the cheapest call we had go the whole weekend, I think, was 18 bucks. Yeah, we had a little girl come up to us at the end of the Waterfall Festival, and she's like, hey, do you guys have any calls that kids could blow? We're like, I mean, you know, all of our calls are fairly easy to blow. And, you know, what, what are you looking for? And she's, she's holding a lot of money that she had gotten from her mom or dad. And she was super excited to get a call. And we were like, well, these ones over here are only, you know, 40 bucks. These are serenader editions. And she's like, oh, 40 bucks? I don't think I have that much. We're like, well, how much do you do have? And she's like, 18 and counts it out in front of us. And we're like, you know what? Take the call for $18. <laughs> yeah, so she, she got a cool call. But uh, I think we definitely made up for the i don't know the show that they the other companies put on with that whole, with with everything with with what we do with our our um talking to the public yeah we had a, quite a few people compliment us on our customer service and our variety of calls and our price points and all that so we were able to talk to a couple call companies at the end of the show and i mean there was i'm not going to throw out specific names but there was one call company that only sold three calls the entire weekend there was another one that only sold 10 to 15 calls the entire weekend. So we outsold quite a bit of companies there, which was nice to hear. Yeah, I think the price point difference <clears throat> really helped us out. Now, And it was nice to actually meet some other call companies because we actually made friends with a few of them. Yeah, we were able to talk to some and you know, most of them weren't too stuck up. We made up not so much friends with some of them as well. So. That's true. We might have pissed a couple of them off. But you know what? What we pissed off, we also made new friendships. Um Big, big shout out to Snow Goose Commander. Snow Justin. Goose Commander. Yep, Justin from Snow Goose Commander did an excellent job of rep, uh, representing the guide company he works with. Um, they do a lot in the Saginaw Bay area, Kansas and Missouri, I believe it was. Arkansas? Arkansas? Okay. I think Arkansas, Missouri, and Kansas, those all kind of run together. For yeah. Me. I don't know. So we were set up right next to them for the entire weekend. But he was a, he was a real nice guy. He was. He, he was, was able to help us out a lot and... Uh, Another guy who was competing in some of the calling contests there was able to, you know, help us out with some things as well and give us some feedback on our goose calls and duck calls and such as well. So that was really helpful from them. And um, so, I mean, that was nice to get sit next to somebody who wasn't a giant pile of jerks. It was because we've been to some shows before where by the end of it, you're like, I never want to see your face again. So please never come to a show again. So it was nice to be next to a friendly face. Yes, it was. He gave us some uh, some uh, goose jerky sticks. He, was, did. he did. He did. Well, beef sticks, yeah, beef sticks. not jerky. Well, I wouldn't call them beef sticks. Or well, they jerky. weren't jerky. I don't know what you. They call were sausage them. sticks. Sausage uh, sticks. Like sure. The, there we go. The Lake, venison yeah. beef sticks. Yeah, there, you know what I mean. Yeah, you got it. Um, and those were real good. There was a cheddar and a jalapeno cheddar. Yeah, something like that. But the jalapeno cheddar was very good. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't like jalapenos at all either. You know what? I think that's a great way to do geese up because <clears> geese is so. 
tendony so hard yeah. just very mealy in your mouth and it's some that gives some people the wrong impression because you go to, it's not tender by any means no uh, now there's probably somebody out there that can cook it up real tender i don't know how to do i that. don't know how so um to eat it in a, in a stick form like that with lots of cheese and jalapenos and, and like yeah they, like they tasted very cherry good, so. cherry was one of them uh, cherry, cherry flavor yeah. i remember it was a cherry was it jalapeno? Jalapeno cherry? Jalapeno I think cherry? it was jalapeno cherry. That one was that one was good. It had nice sweetness to it, and that was real good. That so. one was real good. But it was good to be to be next to some to some people and actually meet some new people. And he actually offered to uh, have us come out with him and um, go on a hunt one one of these weekends. Yeah, so that'll be nice. See, I hope we can actually come through on that and find some time out of our schedule to go up to Saginaw Bay and I think it was hunt some flooded cornfields up there. So. Yeah, it was. So hopefully we can go up there and do that because that'd be a really exciting trip and let you guys hear all about that as well. That's something brand new for us because uh, we usually just hunt open water, green heads. Yeah, we don't do a whole lot of field hunting, especially flooded field hunting. I was so. say, we don't even field hunt when we geese hunt. No, not really. We don't get to. <laughs> um, we're not, not in our inland area. We're not very good at the whole field hunting thing, so it would be nice to have somebody who's real experienced veteran. Experience, yeah. Adventuring at it. Yeah. Especially somebody who's willing to be as helpful as he is throughout that entire thing. So, um, I mean, now we can. There was some negatives of the show. There were. We learned some things about some. We learned some things about a lot. To be a honest, lot, we lot, learned. A lot. Um, um, <clears throat> we we learned that we are revamping our goose call. Yeah. So by the next show, I would say they'll be ready in about two weeks. But for sure, by our next show, which is Point Mouye. Here in Michigan on September 17th. Yeah. Um, you guys will get to see in person and hear in person our new revamped goose guts. So those are going to be sweet and sound a lot better. We're going to offer those in Canadian spec and snow. Well, we show up. To, we showed up to the show, and I was pretty confident in our goose call. I was like, oh, it's it's pretty good. Neither of us goose hunt a whole heck of a lot, and honestly, our goose calling skills are not the greatest. But we make, I mean, we make a mean call, so I was like, oh, it'll be all right. Our goose call was able to hold up to the average goose caller. But once you got it in the hands of a professional caller. Of people that were really good, it did not hold up as nicely. So we decided right then and there the best strategy would be, you know, don't take what is broken and say it's not. Go try to fix it. So we are going to go fix it for sure, 100%. And it will be 10 times better than... The one that we previously had. Yeah, so you guys definitely be on the lookout for that. And as well as that, we made some connections at the show that are allowing us to officially, within the next couple weeks, drop our brand new duck inserts as well. Yeah, we're, um, I don't even know. We'll don't see. know what we can say about those at this point. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll see as we go. <clears throat> they should be ready to go and ready to show off definitely by the next show but here within the next couple weeks yeah i think probably two weeks is a reasonable deadline and there's going to be i think 12 new color options for our inserts well there's let's there's see here there's four of our solid colors four solids and then there's eight of the neon slash clears so. slash clears um step up in, in the in the direction of going the direction we're going right now it's better it is better stronger sound not our sound is perfect, but uh, just like a just a stronger bass to go off of. More versatile. More I'd versatile. Say. More versatile. Um, 
Um, a little more durable. durable. Way more durable. And that was the biggest key for what we were looking for to get into our next step. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking, you guys change inserts more than (laughs) girls change clothes. You are correct. (laughs) You are correct. We can't deny this. Um, But as small as a company as we are, when we get the opportunity to move on in another direction that's better than the one we're in right then and there, I feel we have to take it. Yeah, I mean, the big thing is we've improved a lot in the past eight to ten months because we've grown a lot quicker than we thought we would. So with with growing comes new opportunities. You can afford different things, different machines. So that's why we've been able to step up so much so quickly. So this this new insert is going to help a lot and it's going to fix some of the uh, prior inserts issues or malfunctions. Malfunctions. Yeah. So for anybody who you know, might have some of our old inserts, feel free to let us know and we will send you guys out a, uh, you know, a new one to test out our new sound with as well. So. Yeah. So, I mean, we already discussed it. Um, anybody who contacts us about an old insert that is either looking to trade it up for the new one or is having issues or anything like that with the old insert, we're sending you a new insert. No questions asked, free. It'll get to your house. You plug, plug it in. Plug it in, play. It'll fit the same hole, same barrel. So you'll be good to go. You'll be good to go. You'll get obviously we'll have color options more than we did. Yes, um, and it's just a it's it's just to fix any malfunctions that that last insert was having. Yeah, so like the a majority of the malfunctions came from you know right off the machine and getting our inserts turned and sanded and everything. We we learned some things about them at the show, and one of the biggest reasons we learned this was because of the hell weather that we faced while we were there. Well, we had put the inserts through quite a bit of testing. And now these were all made in-house mm-hmm. um, off of a machine that nobody u- really uses. So it was all kind of an experience of trying to learn the, the best and the worst of them. They sounded amazing. I love the way they sound. Um, but we learned real quick that heat... Extreme heat gets Extreme cool. heat... It'll cause some locking up. Starts and- to make them lock up. It causes a little bit of expanding, so that the the sound goes kind of from a deep throat to more of a whiny squeal. Yep. And you know, and I feel like we, we we talked about we talked about it, and we thought that being transparent was the best option for us. Just you know, anybody who had an issue or is gonna have an issue or has one right now can get it fixed very quickly. Um, and with no questions with asked. With no questions asked. We we. Uh, still are a firm believer in customer satisfaction and customer service. So we want you guys to have the best product out there, not just because you paid good money for it, but it also has our name on it as well. So we want to make sure you guys get the right product that represents our brand well, as well. I think we learned our lesson too. We took, we took something that should have taken a year to 100% turn around and make sure it was good to go. Yeah, And we, we got it out in six months. So it was, it was a quick turnaround time and we learned our lesson with that. Um, the, the thing that happened was our display, as we moved throughout the day, you know, the sun you know, moves from east to west. Well, as it moved towards the west, by about noon, the sun was hitting our calls directly. So our bands were heating up. Hunter actually went to grab a band or a call right off our display case to blow for a customer. And the band, it was hot to the touch. Mm-hmm. It, it was bad. It was, it was heating our inserts up and causing some issues and that we didn't foresee coming at all. No, honestly, we tested them in extreme cold. We'd put them in a freezer and they blew just fine. What we didn't think about was when your call reaches 130 degrees, what happens? Well, we had, I, this, you know, the the material that we were using, we were, we thought there's no way 
that heat's going to affect it that much. Right. But it did. So we're moving up, step up. We're going to, we're going to move on from that. Uh, uh, oopsies on our part. My bad. But we do have a system of fixing it. Yep. And anybody who contacts us will be able to fix their prior call. And I will say, I am, I am proud of the fact that we were able to use our resources and find a solution to that problem within 24 hours. I mean, we, we figured out the solution at about noon that day by the time the heat really rolled in. And by 8 o'clock at dinner that night, we had our solution in hand. Yeah, so, we had it. Well, we... Not in hand, but we had the... We had the solution figured out. Yeah. We've, it's it's being done right now. Tested. We're, we're, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, more of a tried and true way of doing it. Yeah. So more traditional, for sure. Yeah. Not stepping outside of the box, because we have the tendency to step outside of the box and try to do things that other companies don't do, but it gets us... Sometimes it gets us in trouble. Sometimes. This is this is one of those times. And sometimes it works out really big in our favor. So. But as a small company, I mean, it's not like um, we're not going to not admit fault. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be really easy to fix if you ever have an issue. Yeah, really easy to fix. And as as our new inserts as well, you know, always come with 100% satisfaction guarantee. So no matter what happens, we'll make sure we make it right on our part. Yeah. Um, and that, so I guess that, that we'll move on from the insert. Fatal, fatal, fatal attractions. Um, to say that I was, I guess, to say that I was sad, though. Uh, I mean, I had spent six months of my life making this thing. <laughs> Hunter was a very grumpy guy, especially Sunday morning. Even though we had our solution in hand, he was very grumpy about the current situation at the show. Yeah, I mean, it it was it was a day. So, um, as we move on from that, though, do you got anything else you want to input on Saginaw? Big improvement from last year. The entire show as a whole. How it was set up, how it was ran, the number of vendors there. There was a lot more vendors. Everyone everyone there that we talked to pretty much said that it was a big step up and that the uh, whoever runs the foundation there that puts together that show did a much better job this year of organizing it and getting new vendors in. So, But uh, this, we did talk to a couple people that said that that was one of the slowest they'd ever seen it. Which so I I don't know because I've only ever been there twice. Right. So they we, said slowest in five years is I think what they said. I think so. So I, I don't know how slow it usually is or anything like that, but it was it was a it was a good day anyways. It was a good weekend. It was. Aside from the heat, it was really good. And I will say it was a great experience to see. You know that was the first time we've been head to head with other call companies. That was the first time that. I had been around other people. We'd been around anybody else with calls, let alone these kind of calls. Right. And <clears throat> usually at a show, we're the only call company there. I didn't even know. I mean, I can duck call pretty good. Goose calling's average. I didn't even know you could do things like that with the goose call. Yeah, it was pretty intense. So, I mean, when, you, when you're trying to sell a call to somebody and you have 10 other booths, hitting calls from all over the place and they're literally trying to call your your customers away from you. Yeah, it's literally like you're duck hunting and there's your picture yourself on a big pond and there's ducks just flying around in the center. And everyone's just calling to try to get the ducks to come to them. That, that's exactly what it was like. So I mean it was an interesting feat. I was pretty nervous the whole weekend until we started making a good chunk of sales because it was I didn't know if we'd just be outshined by everybody else there. Yeah, and at first that's what it seemed like. It took us 
we didn't make our first sale until I think hour three started. Yeah. And then after that, it took off well, I mean, really well. We're, we're competing against CNC'd machined calls. You know, these calls are all the same. They're they're really polished. They're really you know bright and fancy, and they've all got nice in, inlays in them, and or they've got nice engravings in them. Um, ours are all done on a lathe. They're all done by hand. All hand turn, hand know, do. They take a lot of time. So, but with that being said, you're not getting a Chinese product either. No, no. <clears throat> I'm sure most of them wouldn't admit that it's a Chinese product. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure some of them are. Some of them definitely are. Some of that poured poly is definitely coming from China. Um, for sure. Uh, so I think that, that about wraps Saginaw up. I mean, I mean, that was pretty much our weekend as a whole. We stayed in a nice hotel. It was. It was, nice to a, hotel it was a nice hotel, and we were able to kind of relax on Saturday night and actually catch up on sleep a little bit. So Well, we'd been running I mean, up, to the, up to the show. It had been, what, five weeks of coming in six to seven days straight, running it. Running calls, getting stuff tuned, sanded, everything ready. So. Yeah, just running around, running on straight fumes. Um, so it was, I guess we got one night of okay sleep, and yeah. then we went right back to it. Right back to it, and here we are, Tuesday. And here we are, back into the shop. Um, so. Hectic couple weeks coming our way right now. Yeah. With- just because we've got the, the revamp of the insert and the revamp of the goose gut. Um, trying to make it better for all the customers that we get. Restocking all Restocking the calls we've sold. All, the, so all calls we've sold. We've got... Other shows that we're thinking about going to now, based upon just the sales that we did at that show, we don't know if we're going to go yet or not, so I'm not going to tell anybody what shows we're going to be at soon, but but yeah, I think you'll definitely start to see us, with that event being being officially in the books, I think you guys will definitely start to see us at some more in-person events. Yeah, for sure. Um, Point, we can, a point... Point Mouye. Mouye, you know, however you want to say it. Better learn how to say it before we go there. I guess. Um, they, I don't know if they will have as many vendors as Saginaw did or not. We talked to quite a few call companies. They are not going to be there. Yeah, we've heard a lot of, I want to say, back and forth information about, you know, some people say it's better, some people say it's dead. So um, A lot of call companies, though, are going to Game Fair. Which, unfortunately, we don't have the privilege of going to this year. I was going to say, we, we do not have the privilege of going there. We don't. We don't have the resources or the manpower yet. No. To hopefully by twenty twenty three next that. year, you guys will see us at Game Fair. Um, but they're all going to Game Fair for the next <clears> couple <throat> weekends, so they are not going to Point Mouye, Um, which I don't blame them. That's a bigger. No, I'd, not, I'd rather crowd. go to Point Mouye or Game Fair as well. Uh, wow, doing Point Mouye dirty. Well, <laughs> I mean, they they know where they stand. They're the second best. They're, they're the first or second best in Michigan. So. I mean, we I've never been there, so we'll give our strict opinion on it based when we go there. But And you guys will probably hear a post-point we a podcast as well. You'll probably hear a pre, too. Yep. I'm I mean, sure you will. A lot more podcasts coming at you guys. We said we're actually back this time. Look at us. Two in a row. Two in a row. I'm actually, <laughs> <laughs> I had no faith, but we'll see. Three's, three's the charm, right? Three's the charm. Three's so the charm. We're so, here. Um, We'll get a pre-point my A2 as soon as we get to it. Yeah, probably the week before you guys will hear that. So this is kind of an open podcast today because we went through, we burned through Saginaw. We burned through our upgrades that are coming. Mm-hmm. What else is on the docket today, Billy? Well, I mean, we haven't really had the chance to dive in-depth too much with the new Waterfowl Digest from Michigan. Okay. So mm-hmm. is there anything you'd like to highlight based on that or as far as, you know, some new new language and new dates inside of that? We heard some complaints being up in Saginaw last weekend about the changing of the zones, I guess. Um, so 
uh, county disputes, I guess, is what they were calling it. Supposedly, now we're not from the middle zone, um, but supposedly some some of the south zone got moved. And it looks like it did. The thumb the thumb got taken up a little bit more by the south zone. Um, I guess there was some complaints by some puddle by a lot of puddle luck hunters, a lot of mallard hunters, saying that they freeze out by the end of season. So they took that and they moved the season dates around with the zones and they've moved zones around so that if you're a diver hunter and you like to hunt on the west side of the bay, you are not going to be able to do it at the same time as the middle. That's, I don't quite, I mean, this was, these were people's, you know, opinions and I we have to get somebody in here who hunts up there more often to actually explain right. the whole tricks about it. And I would need last year's digest to actually <clears throat> see what's going on. But based upon, based upon that and what it looks like, the thumb is now fully in the south zone. I don't think it was always fully in the south zone. I don't believe so either. I th- and, and so that means the west part of the bay, just if you're on land. Now, it looks like if you're in the bay itself, you're fine. But if you're on land in the bay, you're going to now run by south zone's rules. Um, Which I will admit, that's a pretty northern point of Michigan or, to be included in the well, south zone. You know what? They might have moved it the other way. Was the bay in the south zone before? Were they hunting later? Is that why they moved it back? Did they move it to the middle? So yeah, because we were able back? to go there last year. So that's what okay. Yeah. So that's what they're talking about. They changed the zoning so that now they the bay ends when the middle ends. So let's go and look at that. Um, so now the bay will end December fourth. When before, if it was the same as it was last year, it would have ended December 11th. Um, and their splits are different than our splits as well. But the, a lot of them are complaining because of the diver hunting. They thought perfect diver hunting was in those that last week, and they feel like they're getting gypped that last week for diver hunting because puddle duck hunters complained. And I guess that's a really prime example of, you know, we always say the DNR never listens to us. And in this case, they did listen to those Saginaw Bay hunters. And um, it it inevitably screwed out some other hunters. So it's an important thing to keep in mind. Even though there might be something in your rule book you're complaining about, if they change it your way, other people are going to be complaining either way. Yeah, no no one's ever going to be happy. I mean, if you are complaining because you're freezing out and the mallards are gone and you want your dates changed so you can come back a little further. But what surprises me is I felt like the most of the majority of people that I heard complaining about our dates wanted us to go forward. They didn't want us to go back. Correct. They wanted us to start a week or two later and go later into January. Yep. And now we're not doing that. And and move the wrong direction. I feel like the majority didn't get heard unless I'm wrong, unless I just don't, unless I'm listening to my own group. I was going to say, we might be listening to our own might group. might be biased. Cause I, I mean, I get the whole freezing out thing, but that's when we were having our best hunts. It is. I mean, our best hunts last year our were best later hunts in the were season. knocking ice out. We were knocking ice out of, the, out of the water and we were having freaking tremendous hunts. I mean, it was insane. And I would so much rather give up that first week to gain a week or two weeks to gain two weeks. Now, two weeks might be too much. I get that that could be really cold. I would take the week for a week, though. I would definitely take the week for a week. To be able to run until the second week of January yeah. would be so much nicer. Because And that would change our splits around, too. That it would. And so, I don't know. I would take the change, but 
I guess a lot of people complained about it freezing out. They wanted the zones changed. They got the zones changed. We're going to have more guests on that will explain that better. Yeah, us. between hunters from the Saginaw area to DNR agents themselves. We have DNR agents and a couple of guides from Saginaw Bay. So I, you're going to get differing opinions, too, because I guarantee the DNR is not going to tell you what they did was wrong. Who would have thought Lockdown Town would be the all-inclusive podcast? All-inclusive? All-inclusive. We're getting both sides you know of the what? argument on I think on that here. should be in the name from now on. The all-inclusive podcast. podcast. You might see that on the podcast art. For this episode, maybe for the next episode, too. I definitely think we should do that. Because, <laughs> the all-inclusive podcast. Um, we can talk a little bit about, if I can find it here, uh, I don't think our limits have changed for geese. No, I looked through it pretty thoroughly, and I couldn't notice any limit changes right off the top of my head no, as far still as species. Six, still six ducks, um, five geese. Um Scalper's still the same. Certain dates you can shoot two, certain dates you can shoot one. Um, Mergansers are the same. can only shoot two hoodeds. Uh, teal season goes from September 1st to the 16th. Um, you can have six teal, possession limit of 18. So I don't think that, that hasn't really changed at all. Nope, not that I can see. They've got the timing on there. They did change the flow hunting. They changed the wording the of the wording. It's not and the ruling of flow hunting. And we actually did get to talk to a federal officer up there about flow hunting. And again, you guys have heard us complain about this a lot. And it's going to be something I continue to complain about until I get a straight-up answer, which apparently can't happen. But like you said, we were able to talk to a federal wildlife agent. And when I asked him the question of float hunting in private land, you know, if one – to sum up for you guys, if you know a lake has five owners around the perimeter, how many owners do I need permission of to hunt the entire body of water? And we asked him that, and he chuckles and goes, well, my interpretation... It's never a good thing when an officer of the law starts with my interpretation. Because, to me, law... Yes, it should be interpreted, but not... It should, be have, it should have a, a black and white part of it. Right. There are parts to be interpreted, like... Maybe you didn't mean to do something, and you can interpret it and be like, okay, it wasn't malicious. And, and Having and gray areas within a law is different than the entire law, law being, being gray. gray. I mean, yeah. it's, I, I get that entirely. And when, and when you ask the DNR officers, we've asked three or four now. Three, yeah. They all give you the same smile, the same, same smirk smile. of like, hmm, I, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. And so what, what, he, what he said... Which is, is different than what we've heard from local DNR officers before. I just, I don't know. Who, I, I would take his word over the local. Yeah, but on the other hand, the local is the one that's going to be enforcing us. <laughs> so he's saying that if they do not own the land underneath of the water, you need permission from the whole party, from everybody that owns. It's like float hunting a, a river. You need permission from all bodying land. If they do own the pie underneath of the lake, you can technically hunt that pie that they own if you get permission from that one person. But he said, you don't know where your BBs are going to be. There's no lines in the water. Right. So you if, don't know where you're floating. If your BBs can reach the other side, if your BBs, cross, if your BBs cross the other line, the, the line that's not owned by them, you're technically in, in fault now. You can get a ticket. Which I don't understand that 
quote-unquote interpretation either because by that logic, if I'm state hunting deer on state – or if I'm deer hunting on state land with a 12-gauge, I shouldn't be able to hunt within five 600 yards of the border because my – you know, if I miss – my slug could go off state land and onto private property. Same thing. It'd be rounds crossing off public land onto private land. And that's, I just don't understand the law side of that. I think, I don't know, honestly. I don't know. I really think the only reason they tell you that that way is to tell you you technically can hunt right. that pie, but we do not suggest you hunt that right. pie. So and the day we get a straight up answer of that on this podcast, our ratings will go through the roof because everyone will listen. <laughs> um, knowing us now with the way it's been answered the last couple times, and obviously we'll, we'll probably get the chance to ask one, a couple more DNR officers on the podcast, and we'll see what their interpretation is. I think is we're going to have different opinions on what you say here next. I'm sure we will. <laughs> I'm looking to have the permission of all the landowners, or at least the majority of them, I'm looking for one person's permission. I'm getting on that body of water. I'm not taking the ticket for it. In Indiana state law says that if you have permission from a landowner and can get on the body of water legally, then you have access to the entire dwelling. And why Michigan's isn't that cut and dry, I don't understand. You just are jealous because you want to hunt all the water. I am, and it's ridiculous that I can't. We don't have water rights, but you kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> now that gets me. I understand not putting your anchor down on the ground. Because right. if, if you want to get technical about it, it's like I own that ground. Right. You're Which touching makes sense. It. But if I'm floating, I and I'm not near your house, if I'm that 450 feet away, mm -hmm. I don't understand the problem with it. But I guess if you owned a big lake that you were pretty proud of and you stocked it with fish and did all this stuff, and then all of a sudden next thing you know, someone's blowing ducks out of your water. Well, if you're that proud of it, buy the rest of the land around the lake, damn it. Or talk to your neighbors and don't let them get. But permission. all I'm saying is, is if you find the wrong interpretation of the law, well, the wrong on the, on your side. Now, right or wrong, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> but if you find somebody who doesn't like what you're doing, they're going to ticket you for trespassing and it's going to be a hefty ticket i think it's like a 500 dollars ticket yeah and possible loss of licenses and tags tags and guns ducks boat everything all your gear which is why it's such an important law that's not clear and if you ask me it's one of the biggest faults of our i guess conservative laws as far as wildlife conservation goes i would definitely agree i would just like it more cut and dry it, it, i don't it should be. i think I would take either ruling. I don't care. As long as if we if, had a clear ruling, it's a that's clear, all I want. If it's a clear ruling, I'll take it. If the DNR officer can tell me without saying his interpretation, <clears throat> then I'll be happy with then it. Then I'm fine with it. If he can tell me the law and I understand the law, then I'll be happy with it. He can tell me you can't hunt on anything unless you have all of, all of the permission. Or you can hunt on everything if you have one. I'll take either one, but I just want a clear cut, a clear -cut, cut answer. Going into seasons, um, we might as well say what we got here. North zone, they're going to start duck hunting in September 24th. They go till November 20th. Their split <clears throat> is the 26th and 27th of November. Um, we probably will not make it to the north zone this year. I doubt it. Not, I, with, I, our, not with our busy schedule getting ready for no, more shows. I highly doubt it. We have season. shows right there. We've been invited on a couple goose hunts right there because our goose season goes all the way to the 30th. Um, and then, and then you know, 30th, and then we get to move on over to Duck in October. But So we probably won't make it there. But middle zone, 
I do think we'll make it there. They start October 8th and go till December 4th. Their split is the 17th and the 18th. I think we'll make it to theirs. Yeah, we. I see no reason why we couldn't. That's a couple hour drive. So that's we not. Can make that's that not one. terrible. That's a that's a three to four hour drive up to the middle zone. Find a nice body of water. Scout a little bit. Hunt ducks. We'll take that all day long. And actually, we were talking about it off of the podcast a little bit. Our zone, South Zone, starts October fifteenth, goes till December eleventh, and our split is December thirty first and January first. So we talked about going to Middle Zone's opener on October 8th, probably hunting the 9th, coming home, hunting ours the following weekend on October 15th. Um, we'll hunt our season all the way till December 11th, then go up to Middle Zone on the 17th and 18th for their split, come back home, won't hunt for a second, um, and then, actually I lie, we will hunt because uh, Canadian geese will be on until December 31st. Beautiful. But, from the 31st, then we'll flip over and hunt our split the 31st and the 1st. So it will be from... It'll be a busy season. From October 8th... No, I lied. From September 1st until January 1st... We should be hunting. We should be hunting at least... Three times three a week. Three times a week. Um, given schedules and work changing... schedules. And changing of that. Because obviously work kind of screws us out of hunting a little bit. But... September 1st through January 1st should be a big one. And yeah, then, um, We're pretty sure we're going to Kansas in... January. January. From Kansas Hunt for Lessers um, with Flipping Birds apparel owner Mike Kendall from January 4th through January 6th. So 6th? Is it 6th? Yeah, January 4th through the 6th. So looking forward to that hunt, and we were super grateful to get an invitation for that as well. Um... And I guess we didn't touch on this talking about the show, but we were very glad to be able to get some of his apparel with us to the show, even though he couldn't make it. So thanks to everyone for supporting both of our companies up there and giving us a lot of good, helpful information there as well. You know what, though? I got some beef with Mike if he listens to the podcast. I would hope so. Which I hope he does because he's partnered with us. Please get some mediums. <laughs> Hunter wears the, a medium. The small, now, no one knows what I look like, but I, I'll, give, I'll give you some... Some run. Okay, <laughs> Willie is like six two, six three. Sorry, six three, <laughs> two hundred and forty pounds. Yep. Yeah, I am one hundred and fifty seven pounds and five foot four. Yeah. So there's a pretty big so, difference. So there's almost a foot in height, <laughs> and there's almost a hundred pounds in difference. And not saying that Mike benefits the fat guys, but god damn it, he doesn't benefit <laughs> the skinny ones. So. I could use some mediums because <laughs> I took a large home and I swim. You swim. I swim in it. So, Mike, if you're listening right now, mediums, please, bud. Mediums, please. For all us skinny hunters. Come on, man. <laughs> we are, we're the cold ones. We're the you cold ones. You are the one. cold we ones. We need the thick stuff to stay warm. I'm freezing my ass off in the middle of the winter. Put on some weight, Hunter. Wow. <laughs> Are you skinny shaming me? I am skinny shaming I thought shaming we were inclusive. What happened? We were not. Oh, uh, shoot. I forgot we were the all inclusive. We Gotta cut it out. That's not gonna be on this podcast anymore. <laughs> we were inclusive, but now we're not. Add that to the blooper reel, uh, I guess. So, no inclusive for us. Um, I knew we weren't. I knew we weren't. I would not call us the PC company. No. Um, I'm running through. Let's see. Anything else here? Um. 
Not really. I think that pretty much sums up the important information. Sums up the obviously, with the obviously check your times, check your dates. Don't take my word Read for it. Read the digest. Read the digest because that would be poor. Um, make sure you go through the, the the full digest and go read what counties and parks um, start hunting late because some of them do. There are a couple some spots. of them start after Labor Day um, because there's going to be pe- families there. They don't want people hunting geese while they're having a picnic. Um, That'd be there's, there's, actually, there's actually quite a few of those, so make sure you go and read all of the all of those rules and regulations on when stuff's going to start, because some of them start later than you think, and you shouldn't. Don't be rolling up at the boat launch thinking, "Oh man, I'm the first one here." You're sitting there, decoys um, all set up, and then all of a sudden, a family of five comes in to eat lunch at ten thirty. Yeah, and the DNR is going to be pretty unhappy with you. Yeah, they are. So make sure you read your digest. Don't take my word for it, because uh, I hold no accountability for anything that anybody does. <laughs> including I, himself most of the time. I, exactly. I was gonna you know what? I keep us in check. What are you talking about? Um so I just I don't want anybody to be like, hey, the guys from the freaking podcast told me that the dates start here. Man you, you read We your, hold no legal boundaries. Read your digest. So this um, is purely uh comical information. And honestly, time. send us your opinions. Send us what you think. What do you think of the dates. What do you think of the float hunting law? How does it think, affect your hunts? Yeah. You know. What are you thinking of um, the lines changing? The north and middle zone, um, not the north, the south and middle zone lines changing. What do we? What do you think about that? There's a lot of things that we'd like to hear about that you know we don't get to talk about very often with actual no. people that do it. So send in some stuff. Send some stuff of what anybody thinks. What everybody's going over. Um, you know what? I actually do want to talk about one thing. Oh boy! The nothing, nothing big. The stamp for this year. Oh yeah, I want to talk about the stamp this year. Our, the stamp this year is cool. It I is like, a really beautiful stamp. It really I, is. I like the I like the hoodies on it a lot. Um, it's something I think that gets overlooked a little bit. That each year they do a new art for it. Yep. And we um, were actually at the Waterfowl Festival where they were doing duck stamp competitions. So. Yeah, they were. They were doing drawings for next year's stamp. Um, but. It is a really beautiful stamp. It is a nice stamp. And last year was actually, it's, it kind of feels a little personal because last year was the first year we shot Andrew McGansers. Exactly. And who they are on the stamp. <clears> Might have been our birds right there. Oh, you wish. Might have been. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Um, but going through everything else, um, they give us light. Snow Goose and Ross Goose, good luck with that. Good luck. If you shoot one, lucky you. If you're shooting them. Let me know because I'd like to join. Um, they go over. They go over some rail snipe guidelines. I know nothing about them, so I'm not <laughs> going to do it. I will go. I guess I will go over this. Um, so might as well. So you can have. Here's some. Here's your bag limits. Obviously, six ducks. No more than four may be mallards, no more than two of which may be hens, which that's good if you're shooting green. I guess keep shooting green because you can have six of those. But uh, if you're shooting little miss hens with dresses on, then with dresses on, only shoot two. And if you don't shoot two, pretend one's a gadwall. No more than three wood ducks, two redheads, two canvasbacks, two black ducks, one pintail, and one or two scalp, depending on the season dates. Which are below, which I will get to in a second. Um, you can take five mergansers. I don't know why we don't just say six. I don't know. I 
five to six. That one's Population gonna, control, I guess. Uh, the one's going to hurt, I guess. I don't know. Uh, only two of which may be hooded mergansers. So I guess if you're shooting, I don't know, if you're shooting mergansers, which we do. We do. We do. We do. I know a lot of people don't, though, because they are gross. Um, but if you are shooting mergansers, I guess the prettiest of the bunch you can only have two of. Which is unfortunate, but... So that's why we get to shoot them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, possession limit is three times the daily limit for ducks and mergansers. Um, and then we're going to get to scalp. So north zone, September 24th through November 7th, you can shoot two scalp. From November 8th to the 20th and November 26th and 27th, you can only shoot one. Uh, middle zone, October 8th through the 23rd, you can only shoot one. Then from the 24th to December 4th and the 17th and 18th of December, you can shoot two. South zone, October 15th through the 30th, you can only shoot one. Uh, the 31st through December 11th, and then our split, 31st and the 1st, no more than two. And I guess, I don't know. We have never seen scalp a whole lot. But nope, not here. I've seen them fly in on videos and, in and like looking at them in illustrations. I have no idea how people are telling the difference of that duck that well <laughs> to me. I don't know. Hopefully you're not burying too many. I, whew, <coughs> oh, that's a, Sorry. Hmm. This is why we said we hold no legal boundaries. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for the digest. We got anything else to talk about? I think that pretty much covers it. We touched on the festival, our next festival, some new product releases. So I mean, we got, <clears throat> we got anything else? I don't think so i think that'll um, about wrap it up so wrap it up. thanks to everybody who came out to see us at the saginaw bay waterfowl festival for their 2022 show it was very successful in our eyes so thanks to everyone for coming out and we hope to see a lot of you guys at the point we show here in 39 days right yes yep. so thank you guys for listening and we will see you guys next time uh, see you next time